Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SWAT radio program on Wednesday, February 23rd. I'm David Gray, in for Taylor Johnson today, along with uh, our host, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And we are glad that you are with us. If you have any questions or comments during the program, please feel free to give us a call at 844-777-7928, or you can email us as it, are we using Doug, uh, Doug at SWATradio.com? Either Doug or Ask at SWAT Radio. Doug or Ask at SWAT Radio.com. And so, as always, we're glad you're with us. And, Doug, I'm glad your voice is better. (laughs) It is better. It's not great, but it's uh, better enough. It's good enough to uh, be back on the uh, air today. And I certainly appreciate you uh, filling in. You were supposed to do it Monday, and then you decided to go play golf with uh, that (laughs) comedian guy. And uh, but I, I want to tell you something that uh, on Monday uh, we replayed Kenny Luck, who spoke at I- Iron Sharpens Iron, by the way, which is this weekend. Um, but I replayed an old broadcast of Kenny Luck and uh, like a couple of years ago, and uh, a guy had not heard it. Called me and said, "Man, that w- I needed to hear that." There you go. So, so I, I feel much better so about not out, being you here. You got an out for your <laughs> golf game. Well, like I told you, I totally forgot that Monday was a holiday. I was thinking it was a regular Monday, and I could rearrange my work schedule in the afternoon, and I had already made plans. But I got a senior moment. That's about all I can say. Well, I appreciate you and Brad and and others who fill in every now and then and help help out because things happen. You lose your voice. You get sick. You're out of town. And uh, you guys are always gracious uh, to step up. And uh, I really appreciate it. Well, you know, we all feel it's a privilege to do that. So we, we no thanks necessary. We're glad to be here. Well, um, you know, uh, I wanted to let our listeners know some people may have heard already and uh, some may not have heard. Um, uh, one of my friends uh, and guy who really was a mentor to me in a lot of ways, he's mentored a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys. Uh, passed away on Sunday morning at 1 a.m., Steve Farrar, who wrote the book Point Man. And uh, Steve was fairly young. He was only 72. Um, And um, he uh, passed away apparently in his sleep uh, uh, at home. And, uh, you know, his book Point Man was really how man can lead his family. And um, Steve... Steve really had a great ministry to men over the years, and uh, uh, he spoke for Promise Keepers. He spoke at something like 600 conferences over the last 20 years. That's a lot. Mm. I mean, think about that. 600. That's a lot (laughs) of conferences. And uh, so he's been teaching out at Stonebriar uh, every Wednesday night for the past 20 years of men's study. I was part of that when we lived out in Texas, and that's where I met Steve and so keep uh, Mary, his wife, Mary Farrar, in your prayers, his, his sons, uh, Josh, John, and his daughter, Rachel, their grandchildren, and his mother, who's 94. Mm. His mother, 94, lived mm. with Steve and Mary. 
So please keep them lifted up in prayer. And uh, just uh, pray, pray for Stonebriar, too. Chuck Swindoll's a pastor out there. Steve was a uh, a good friend to Chuck. And uh, when Chuck was planning that church, he reached out to Steve about coming to teach the men's Bible study there. And Steve's been there since the church has, so pretty much. So he would fill in every now and then when Chuck was out sure. of town. And so... Uh, um, Steve is going to be greatly missed, but he was a faithful servant and uh, a great friend. And uh, I just uh, uh, ask you to pray for him. Uh, and if you haven't read Point Man. I have not, actually, so it, I would like to read that. You have not read that No, one? I haven't. No. He's got an updated version coming out April 26th. He's been working on it for two years to try to get it, believe it or not, now that he's gone, I can say this. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it because I wouldn't want it to come back on him in any way. But um, he had the hardest time doing the update. You know why? Because all the political correctness mm. in our culture now. Mm-hmm. Publishers don't want to publish stuff. Yeah. And the writer, the, the editors keep just marking stuff up. So he went through the rewrites two or three times to get Unbelievable. that Unbelievable. When was it originally published? Oh, my gosh. Uh I, something 20 years ago okay then? okay so it's yeah. been a while and he's trying to update it i can imagine the the uh problems that you might have had with the rewrite in that in that arena that you just mentioned yeah i mean like uh you know he i, I don't know exactly when he did it. i know steve spoke for uh, promise keepers and um and he he that would be his talk pretty much how how to lead your family mm-hmm. and, and uh you know how to help men uh, really be men uh, and be good leaders. And, um, but he, he, I, I, I can't believe you hadn't read it. I gave it away. You probably threw, used it's on the back of your shelf. I gave no, it, no, I, no. I, I gave it away. Gosh, at a men's retreat a while back. In fact, I was trying to get Steve to come do a retreat last year. Yeah. I don't think I have it. So I'll, I'll double check, but I'll, I'll get it and read it. Yeah, it it really um it, it's a um it, it's a good book. Uh it was originally published by Multnomah in 1990. Okay. So, 1990, a long time ago. Yep. Things have changed in our world a lot since then. A little bit. A little bit. You know, Taylor and I were talking about this yesterday. It it, it seems like also it's just happened so fast. But the seeds of it have been germinating for a long time. But it but it seems like it's all exploded so quickly. Yeah, it, it really has. Um, well, I don't know. Did you get a chance to do, – do you listen to the briefing at all? Occasionally, Al Mohler, yeah. Well, Dr. Mohler today um, was talking about what's going on in the Ukraine. But he said, you know, to, to really understand what's going on in the world right now, You've got to begin with a Christian worldview. And he said, you know, uh, for for us, the, the, the start of the Christian worldview is that God is self-existent and self-revealing. In other words, you can't know God unless he reveals himself mm-hmm. to you. Right. That's the starting point. The second thing he said was that God made the world. He made the world material. And so... Um, 
the material world is real. You know, the things we see, the things we can touch, things we can smell, all those things are things God made. They're not evil in of themselves. Sometimes we can act like the world, the material world is evil, and it's not. He made things beautiful. Of course, they got perverted because of sin. But he said, God made everything to bring glory to himself. Um, And, you know, we believe everything that exists exists because God made Mm -hmm. it. That's the second thing. Third, he said, is that God made human beings as the pinnacle of his creation. In other words, we were his crowning, you know, display. Uh, He made us in his image. Um, And we don't say that. Because we feel that we say that because he says that right. in his word, right? And in the Bible, uh, we are creatures not made like him, but made in his image. We're image bearers of God. And uh, then he says the fourth thing is that we have to remember we can never look at the world and or human beings as material. In other words, when I look at you and I look at this studio. There's not the same, even though, or I look at, uh, even say the Grand Canyon, as beautiful as the Grand Canyon is, it doesn't have 42 million nerve endings right. in its eye. It doesn't have I a mean, soul. It, it doesn't even have an eye, <laughs> right? right. It, uh, 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 the Grand Canyon can't speak. The Grand Canyon can't feel. And so when we look at the material world and we look at human beings, Human beings have a soul. They have a spirit. They they have a, a something more than just the body they they inhabit, and we've got to remember that. And and then he says a fifth principle. It was really good. Is that human beings alone are morally responsible to God in a clear way. Um, in other words, a dog isn't morally responsible. A dog is a dog. It reacts. Right. Right, a, a, a human can think. A human can think and analyze. This is not good. I shouldn't do it. Every human knows the law in their hearts. Yeah. It's written on their hearts. God says. Yeah. And so, a dog or a gorilla or a lion is part of creation that God made, but they don't have souls. Right. I know some animal <laughs> lovers are probably going to have a problem with that, but animals are reactive. I'm not saying they're not. They can't be trained. I'm not saying that they can't do things. Right. But human beings have a soul. Human beings have uh, something that animals don't have. Right. And um, well, and you and I. Sorry to interrupt you, but no. you talked about about having humans have souls, and we have a moral law on our hearts. And I thought it was interesting when I when I hear that, I think of. And I might not get this exactly right, but I think that's a huge part of what led C.S. Lewis to faith. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis was out to disprove God, I believe. He was an atheist. Yeah. But what he couldn't get past was the moral law that's written on every person's heart. Where did the moral law come from was his question if if God doesn't exist. Well, and, and, and the reason he was bringing all this out, just to tie it off, is that because Vladimir Putin is morally responsible to God. And war has moral implications. To have a war for the sake of just annexing land, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason. So, anyway, 
Yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and pick up on that after the break. Call us at 844-777-7928 on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Back to SWAT Radio. Glad you're with us. This is David Gray filling in today for Taylor Johnson along with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And I uh, just want to thank our listeners on 91.7 in FM in Jacksonville, The Truth, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And I don't know if I remember, Doug, the call letters in Meridian. <laughs> WMER. There you go. WMER. And I know uh, the it's Lighthouse. Easy. Wait. Meridian, there we go. I can I can remember that now. Yeah, and uh, of course the lighthouse in uh, in coastal Carolina. Just want to remind you also that if you want to listen to past programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com, uh, or you can hear past programs. I believe on the SWAT Radio app as well. So well, and I want I, Dave. I want to go back to this before we jump in the text today. And by the way. We're going to have to finish the text today. We're going to work all the way through 52 today because tomorrow uh, I have James Katina of the Katina's group, which is a singing group, a Mm. worship group, Um, and uh, I'm going to interview James. And then Friday I am going to replay the interview I did with Steve Farrar. Mm. Uh, We had him on on the program and uh, just – in honor of uh, the life he lived, just to replay Great way some to of the words honor him. Uh, for his wisdom. He, he is just such a a, a good um, mentor and um, guy to just speak truth. And in fact, SWAT uh, SWAT is uh, a product of, of of some of the stuff he gave me uh, to do and encouraged me to do to go deep with guys to teach the word. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had I've been very blessed to have guys like him and Joe White and John Mazel and Perry Bowers and uh, you know uh, so many guys that uh, Stephen Olford guys that have uh, gosh just 
emphasize the word, going deep with guys. But Steve was one of those guys that I just really uh, I love to lean on and call him, and just he was always an encourager uh, to mm-hmm. to speak truth to men, to don't compromise the truth. And um, he's a good guy. Uh, so anyway, we're going to do that Friday. So we're going to get through all this. But I, I want to go back real quick to what I was sharing before the break. We were talking about uh, Moeller's briefing because it was it was really good about worldview this morning. And the, the, the place he brought it was moral accountability. And he was talking about in Russia, you have somebody who's almost like a dictator in Putin, right? Even though he's, quote, the president, he's more like a dictator, to be honest with you. Sure. Uh, it, that's the way he functions. He was a former KGB guy. He's always had the desire to have power over there and to wield power of Russia. He wanted Russia to be restored to its pre-fall state as far as international influence. And from the time that, and you know, I used to travel over there a lot, and, and that was what they would say about him. That's what he wants. Well, you know, when you think about the military, um, you got to understand for the guy, the troops on the ground over there, they're this outward. This they're the outer concentric circle of influence of Russia, right? The, the the number one influencer in Russia is Vladimir Putin. Make no mistake, Vladimir Putin is not operating under a Christian worldview. I can assure you, he's not. Uh, he is operating under a materialistic worldview, and. But that doesn't make him less accountable to God just because and, – and, you know, people ask all the time, why does God let stuff like this happen? Well, he'd have to wipe us all out. Aren't you glad that he doesn't exercise justice everywhere instantly? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God for his mercy. But uh, on Monday, uh, you know, he had amassed over 150,000 troops with tanks and missiles and put them on the border and, uh, you know – I don't care what country you are. If a neighboring country puts that amount of troops on your border and the tanks and the missiles, it's going to raise your hair on the back of your mm-hmm. neck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've been talking about him invading a lot. I mean, it's like been on the news almost every day. He's going to invade. He's going to invade. He's going to invade. And, and you know, you got people say we shouldn't do something. People say we should. But the bottom line is, you know, he is going in there to take that over to try to reestablish Russia on the world stage and saying, you know what, we lost too much ground uh, when the Soviet Union fell, right. and we had to, we we allowed all these, you know, other states to break off, and they became independent little democracies, and they were buffers between the West and us. But they really were not. They were more loyal to the West than they were to us, and so he's afraid they're all part of NATO. They're all, you know, going to join NATO, and mm-hmm. and and he's losing more and more ability to project power if he wants to. And so, th- this is all about a power thing, and he wants to leave a legacy in Russian history books, which every leader like that does. That's what they live for. Mm-hmm. Um. But make no mistake, it, it it really, you know, he says it's for the people in the Ukraine who are more loyal to Russia. No, it's not about those people. It's yeah. about Vladimir Putin. Yep. And uh, as believers, there are believers in Russia and there are believers in the Ukraine. 
that are struggling right now. You have believers who are in uniform, who Mm. are probably wrestling with decisions, who are on the border. True believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. So we, as believers, need to be praying for our Christian brothers in the Ukraine, the ministries over there. We need to be praying for our Christian brothers in Russia because it gets really messy anytime somebody starts a war. And I read a headline this morning that said he's going to unleash on Ukraine. Yeah. They were trying to compare it to our shock and awe campaign in in Iraq a number of years ago. We'll see. So all that to say, just keep those those believers in prayer. Well, and Ten Taylor and I were talking about this yesterday and about praying for our leaders as well, you know, and that, you know, we may disagree and we often do with decisions being made by our leaders and policies of our leaders. And we may disagree with their reaction to what goes on between Russia and Ukraine, but God doesn't put those caveats <laughs> When he tells us to pray for our leaders, mm-hmm. he doesn't say as long as you you know pray for them as long as you di- you agree with them, right? It's easy to pray for some leaders; it's hard to pray for others. And uh, but that doesn't absolve us from the command to pray for our leaders. And so I think it's not only important to pray for the believers in Russia and Ukraine, but also to to pray for our leaders that 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 like we said yesterday, either ultimately that God will will change their hearts first and foremost but at least that God would have them surround themselves or listen to godly people mm-hmm. um, and, and that and that godly people's wisdom would prevail. So, Yeah, that's what we want to do. Well, you know, you and Taylor started yesterday in Acts 13, 40 through 52, and really uh, this, this epilogue really is what it is, um, kind of a back or an end story uh, to... Uh, Paul's first recorded message in Acts 13. And, you know, I titled it No Middle Ground because, you know, once the gospel goes out, there's really no middle ground. <laughs> you you either reject it or you receive it. Because if you delay receiving it, you're still rejecting it at mm. that moment, right? Is that true? Yeah, we talked yeah. about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah so, that's a good so, point. So, so, there's, so there's, there's really only two options. You either accept it or you re- reject it. And... Remember, the early church was persecuted primarily by Israel, by Jewish people. The very people that should have embraced Messiah ended up persecuting those who were proclaiming Messiah. And um, and we saw in the text, and I think y'all shared yesterday, y'all covered the divine warning mm-hmm. from Habakkuk, right? Yes. Because God revealed a divine warning to his people saying, listen, um, and I find it interesting, and I don't know how much you got into it because I listened to some of it, but I can't remember if um, that, you know, when God, when Luke records this and as Paul is using this, uh, this Habakkuk quote, quote um, it, it's basically saying, you have no idea what I'm doing. It's just so beyond your comprehension. And I have a question about that. Is he saying that to the unbelieving Jews, or is he saying it to believers as well? I think he's saying it to the people who aren't believers. Right, that's what I and thought. I, I think because it's so beyond their comprehension right. to believe in a suffering Messiah, they did not believe in a suffering Messiah. Right. 
even though it was in the Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. they didn't believe in it. But again, he's taking them back to Habakkuk, where Habakkuk goes, God, how come you're not doing anything? And he says, I am. I'm raising up Babylon, and they're going to be, you can't even comprehend that. Now, for them, that was judgment. But here, he's saying, I'm going to do a work on my son so amazing that that people aren't going to believe it. I mean, because it's so beyond their ability to comprehend. So, and then he goes into verses 42 and 43, and he tells them, he gives them a new word, and the word is, he t- he spoke with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Why did he say that? Because it said some of them followed Paul and Barnabas. Notice what it doesn't say, what is missing from the text, and I brought this up in the SWAT. Yeah. It doesn't say they believed. Right. Nowhere in that text. It just said they followed Paul and Barnabas. We see this a lot in our culture. Mm. A lot of people follow teachers they like. Man, they go, I like that guy. He's passionate. You know, he he's funny or whatever. I don't think Paul was funny. I don't think Barnabas was probably funny either. I think they were passionate, but people followed him. And it says he urged them to continue. What does he mean by that? Well, he's saying validate your faith by continuing in the faith. Right. Because if you turn, if you're only temporary, it wasn't real to begin with. It's not real. Because the Holy Spirit, once he enters you, he's there. Hmm. I mean, you're you're not reborn and then aborted. Right. He Once you're reborn, you're his. Right, right. And Jesus says nothing. Nobody's going to snatch you from his hand. Yeah, it reminded me of what we talked about often in Hebrews, right? About be all in. Don't don't taste it and be around it and be influenced by it and then just give mental assent or intellectual assent and walk away. Yeah. Be all in. Yeah, yeah. well, you're right. And the key, David, to all of these people who responded for real was the gospel message, the word of the Lord. It's referred to as the word of the Lord. The Word of God, the Word of the Lord, and the Word of the Lord four times mm. in the text. Yep. So when we come back, we're going to pick up right there and see the rest of this uh, text. Great. Thanks for joining us today on SWAT Radio. You can call if you have a question or a comment at 844-777-7928. And we will be back right after the news to continue. to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray in with Doug McCary today of His Light Ministries, and we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 40 to 52, which is, as Doug said, the epilogue to Paul's uh, sermon that he gives here in chapter 13. And, and Doug, you were just talking about kind of the second point there, that God is giving a new word to his people. Yeah, and it's not that the, the word for them is grace, because they were used to the word the law. 
I mean, even the law was by grace in the Old Testament. You know, I mean, the, 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 it was all grace. They were never saved by keeping the law. They were saved right. by God's grace through faith. Right. They kept the law because of faith. <clears throat> right. So, but you know, Dave, I was just thinking um, that I wanted to let people know that the the principles of 30 or 40 through 52 was that God revealed this divine warning we talked about already, and now a different word. But he also reveals a dynamic witness to the world in the text because he says, if if you're not going to do it, my people, my Jewish people, I'm going to raise up a Gentile people to do it. And that's and they're dynamic. They're out there doing it. We're going to see why in a second. But we also see dishonored washouts who miss an opportunity, and I'll explain that. And then finally we see devoted worshipers. But I want you to read 40 through 52, if you don't mind, just so if people are just tuning in, they may not be familiar with the text. Paul's already preached the gospel. He's laid, it's his first recorded message um, in Acts chapter 13, and he's at Antioch of Pisidia. He's preached, and now this is the kind of the epilogue or the end, what happened after the message. So go ahead and read it, yep. and then we'll go hit those last three. Sure. Acts thirteen forty to 52. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many were appointed to eternal life, believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing, and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. May God bless the reading of his word. Yes, and you know, four times in the text, the word of the Lord, the word of God, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. This is the gospel. That's the key. Paul preached the word of the Lord, and and it had an impact. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And so he he he's giving this new message for them, this grace message to, it's almost like the Old Testament, the law was a picture book for a kindergartner, and now he's moving into college math, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. or college level reading. And in verses 44 through 49, you know, we've already covered the divine warning and a different word for his people, grace, but now verses 44 through 49, we see a dynamic witness to the world. Notice that it says in verse 44, 
the whole city gathered to hear the Lord. Well, when the whole city gathered, remember it was Antioch of Pisidia. It was a a, a city made up of Greeks, Romans, um, a lot of pagans. Uh, And so when they all gathered, guess who the Jews were looking around at Wondering why these people, why are they here? You ever been to a party and wonder why that person's there? (laughs) That's what they were doing. They were going, wait a minute, why are they here? And it says they became jealous, verse 45, and they began, you know, uh, reviling Paul. They began speaking against Paul. And so they were not concerned that these people experienced salvation. Their main task was to discredit Paul, Mm. to bring uh, dishonor on him, make him... Uh, really, they, you know, and why would they do this? Well, why do people reject the gospel? Because of their sin. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's immorality, doesn't matter if it's pride, or even in this case, prejudice. They couldn't believe that God would care about the Gentiles. And isn't there scripture, and I can't place it off the top of my head, but somewhere that says part of the reason God did this was to make the Jews je- jealous, oh, so they in, would turn back to it's him. It's in Romans 10. Right, so that they would turn back to him, and yet they're going the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. And but, but don't miss this. Matthew 10, 34, Jesus says, Don't think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace but a sword. Sometimes it bothers me. All these people say, well, Jesus, Jesus would just be love. Jesus would just be love. Well, sometimes love is speaking the truth mm-hmm. when nobody else will. And, and I want to uh, point out in the text, if you look at um, when it says, uh, it says they, uh, Paul and Barnabas, verse 46, spoke out boldly. That word doesn't mean courageous. It means to articulate mm. clearly. Mm-hmm. In other words, you don't change the message because people don't like the message. And they held on. They didn't like the message. They didn't like the messenger. And Paul and Barnabas said, you guys judged yourselves unworthy. You're the ones who made the decision. You show your own ignorance by rejecting what God has sent. You know, John 3.18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Mm. And so why did he go to the Jews first? He came into the Jews first because the gospel has a Jewish context, a Jewish framework. It uses Jewish vocabulary, Jewish word pictures from the Old Testament. And so the whole thing about God choosing Jews was that they would be his messengers to the world. In Exodus 19, he says, you're going to be my priest. And in 1 Peter 2.9, he says, if you won't do it, I'm going to use Gentiles, and you're going to be my kingdom of priests. And so that's what he did. And the thing that he required from the Gentiles was not that they keep the law. It was that they what? They believe. Yeah. They admit that they're not smart enough to know God on their own. They admit that they're not good enough to approach a holy God on their own. They admit that they're not strong enough to defeat sin, Satan, or death on their own. I mean, they, they, they basically what God requires of us is to need him to need him, to say, God, we need you. I can't do this. And God saves only through Jesus and his word. You know, in John 6, um, the Jewish people said, what do we got to do to do the work of God? 
And he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And, and he's just saying, believe in me. Listen, you reject Jesus, you reject God. Um, my friend said, the only way you don't need Jesus is if you never die and you don't sin. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody fits that category. Yeah. But like you read, you know, when uh, he says, I've appointed you a light for the nations, verse 47, a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Remember what he said to Paul back in, or to Ananias about Paul in Acts He's my nine? instrument. He's my chosen instrument. To the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. Yeah. But but you know what the Jews were missing? That in Isaiah, this is quoted in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. They, they were supposed to take it to the end of the world. And by the way, I want to uh, point out uh, when it says, as many as were appointed to eternal life, people have such a hard time with sovereignty. That word appointed means put on the list. We go, what list? We'll turn to Revelation 13, 8 or Revelation 17, 8. Yeah. And those that received the mark of the beast in Revelation were those whose names were not put on the list before the foundation yeah, of the world. The Lamb's book of life, right? Yeah. Uh, also, Ephesians 1 says we were chosen in him, adopted before what? The foundation of the world. Yeah. And so how did they respond? Verse 48 says when they heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word. They were excited. You know why? Um, Tommy Nelson says he says well in texas you know the tip football is big in texas so a lot of good football illustrations you know what a blue chip athlete is right well in texas he says sometimes blue chips become cow chips and a cow (laughs) chip is where a cow uses the bathroom Mm -hmm. and the field right and so he says a blue chip becomes a cow chip when everybody thinks he's great but he ends up being nothing Mm. well these Blue chip people, the Jews, were supposed to be the ones Paul is preaching to here, the messengers to the world. But they they, they became washouts. They were dishonored washouts. Instead of being God's instruments, they became judged. They became condemned because they rejected the one that came to save them. And you brought up Hebrews earlier. Hebrews 3, don't harden your heart. Mm. But they hearts with heart. They incited they drove them out, and in verse 51, it says they shook the dust off. And, and you know, back in Luke 9, Jesus told the disciples to do that. Yep. You go into the house, they reject you, shake the dust off. Why? Because no Jew would bring Gentile dirt back into Israel. And sometimes you just have to walk away. Mm. But I want you to notice how the Gentiles responded. It says the word spread throughout the whole region. That's that dynamic witness even though these washouts were dishonored, they were excited. And um, I was thinking of a high school football player one time. There's this number. This guy was an 18 player all the way, all all American guy who had a bad attitude. We got pulled by the coach, and the B team guy goes in. The guy who never plays. How do you think he responded when he went on the field? Do you think he was excited? Absolutely. You think he wasn't looking at the stands for his parents? You think he was like, Look, man, I'm excited about this. That's what the Gentiles were feeling. You mean the God of all creation chose us to be forgiven? Mm. We can have our sins forgiven? I'll tell you a story when we come back about a lady I met in Russia one time. And they're willing to tell everybody. Right. Like the woman at the well. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back for the last segment on SWAT Radio. 
Call us at 844-777-7928. We'd love to hear from you. Be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray in for Taylor Johnson along with Doug McCary. And we are looking at the end of Acts chapter 13. And, and you know, Doug, just real quick, a couple of thoughts from what you were saying. It, Wait, you, by the way, how appropriate that song was. <laughs> I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about the somebody. Yep. I love the words it, to that, that song. Isn't that yeah. great? But that's yeah. who they were. Yeah. The Gentiles were nobodies. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and that's the B-team player. I think he's excited. My favorite line in that song, right, is David brought a rock to a sword fight. Isn't that in there? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, you were talking, just to tie a couple things together, you were talking earlier about Steve Farrar, and one of the things you said about Steve was in his mentoring to you, he he wanted you and encouraged you to go deep with guys and, and get into the scriptures with guys. And Taylor and I talked about this yesterday, the need to know the scriptures so that we can discern truth from falsehood, Mm -hmm. right? And you've certainly done that over the years with SWAT, absolutely, and even before SWAT, I know. But, but so Steve encouraged that. Then we talked about Paul and Barnabas speaking the gospel boldly, and you pointed out that that doesn't really mean courageously there, although they were courageous, but it means they clearly articulated the gospel. Yeah. And the reaction of the Gentiles in verse 48 is, they heard it, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many were appointed to eternal life, believed. Mm. And my, my thought there is that sometimes, even right as believers, we shortchange the power of biblical, sound biblical teaching and doctrine and letting the Holy Spirit do his work mm. as a result of the preaching, the faithful preaching of the word. And and I know that there's, I'm I'm not you know, criticizing anyone. I know there's a lot of great churches that, but I think just in, in general, we want to do programs and we want to do this and that. And we neglect the faithful study and preaching and teaching of the word. And that's, what's going to change people. And that, that reaction of the Gentiles here in verse 48 is exactly what's happening. 
They're mm-hmm. reacting to a clear and articulate presentation of the gospel, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is working that into them. So well, I just think we need to remember that and not, not shortchange that. No, that that you're you're exactly right, and um, you know, um, <laughs> short one of Steve's last post um, on his Instagram page uh, was situations that frighten us and overwhelm us are designed to test and strengthen our faith. Mm. Yeah, and I remember one of the one of the things I appreciated a lot about Steve was. Uh, Steve taught a lot from the Old Testament, and I can honestly say, I you know, I'd been, I'd, I, so it was only thirteen years ago. So I I was forty seven when I met Steve, mm. and um, you know, may, maybe forty forty six, but um, you know, one of the verses he taught me that I I use a lot for encouragement in my own life is um is uh, in fact I, I sent this uh to to his wife uh because it was a quote that he i mean he 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 gave a lot and i i'm, I'm just it's stuck in my head from second chronicles 2012 and i i mean we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you mm. we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you and if i remember right i think it's jehoshaphat who was surrounded and he's praying. He just says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm. Sometimes things are falling apart around you because you live in a real world full of brokenness and pain and you don't know what to do. Mm. But my encouragement is what he encouraged me. Keep your eyes on him. You know, I want to go back to this text. And, and specifically the illustration of the B-team guy getting in. And you mentioned the woman in Russia. You were going to tell that story. I went in and shared the gospel one time with a lady. And as I'm sharing the good news with her, she's just breaking out in tears and crying and crying and crying and crying. And she said, God could use me. God could use me. He could forgive me. She had had 26 abortions in her life and said, I thought God could never forgive me. When she heard it, she was so joyful that she could be forgiven. She wanted to go tell her friends. She brought friends to the meetings we were having. And, you know, the Gentiles, you got to remember who these were. They had idols in their home. They lived life styles that were just so counter to any kind of morality. Think mm-hmm. about that day. Think about the idol, the temple worship, the prostitutes, and all the stuff, the way of life. And and so for them to hear a message that, you know what, the God of all creation, the God that made the earth, wants to forgive you, wants to bring you into a relationship with him, and use you to go reach others. Mm. And, and so... Romans 10, Paul captured this. He was quoting Moses, actually, from Deuteronomy 32. He says, I will make you jealous. He's talking to his people there. I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Boy, were they angry. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were inciting persecution against them. They kicked them out of the town. 
And so Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off. Paul also quoted in Romans ten twenty Isaiah, I've been found by those who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. God says, you know what? You reject me. I'll reject you. Mm. You know what? You're, you make me jealous of you because you worship other gods. I'm going to make you jealous of me by taking a people that ain't even looking for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to raise them up, and I'm going to make you jealous. And what happens in verse 52? It says the disciples were filled with what? With joy and the Holy Spirit. You know, David, we have a distorted view of what it means to be filled with the Spirit today. Some people think it means raising your hands. Some people think it means just this light, airy, emotional feeling of all tingly. Being filled with the Spirit in a biblical sense is being obedient. It's being obedient. We're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. They were Spirit-filled, but it also says they were filled with joy. They were grateful. I think in the culture that we grew up in, you and I, we have a tendency to be very critical and complain that we've forgotten what it means to be grateful for what God has done. Not grateful that things may be difficult in our life. Not grateful that we may be hurting. But grateful in light of eternity, we don't have to deal with this forever. Yeah. When Paul wrote Corinthians, you got to remember when he wrote 2 Corinthians, he was writing after he'd been beaten five times with 39 lashes after he'd been beaten three times with rods. And he says, these are light and momentary. Mm. I mean, the perspective that he had. And when we think about whatever we're going through, and, and, and if you're out there listening, you may be struggling with something really bad. And, and for you, your world's over. But I want to tell you something. I remember my friend Gil Smith, who, who recently went into the presence of the Lord, And my brother Gil thought his world was over years ago when his sin came crashing down. Mm -hmm. And God said, no, Gil, I'm just loosing the things that bind you, and I'm bringing you home. I'm bringing you to me. And he made Gil somebody joyful, even in the midst of cancer. He He sure was. He made Gil somebody who was spirit-filled, obedient, even when he didn't feel like it. And and just like these disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit, that's what he wants to do with you. So here's the application if you're listening today. The gospel is simple. God wants one thing from you and one thing only. He wants you to surrender your life to him and to believe in him, to receive what he has to offer. You can't receive what he's having to offer if you're trying to hold on to something else in your hand. He wants you to come with an empty hand and say, I receive Jesus. He's my king. He's my savior. He's my everything. As much of what you have to give him, he wants you to relinquish that to him. Now, it's not a work. It's not something you're doing to earn his favor. It's in response to his favor. Right. And, And he just wants you. See, there's such a distortion in the Western gospel because people make it about either an intellectual assent, they believe the facts about Jesus, so does the devil, he knows they happen. Or people believe they, they can trust Christ as Savior and reject him as Lord. You can't do that. Right. 
You can't trust him as Savior and reject him as Lord. Two sides of the same coin. He wants you to receive him as king, receive him as Savior, and he wants you to just receive the eternal life. But you have to believe in him, not in just the facts of his death and resurrection. Believe in him. Just cry out to him. And so your response is either you can accept him or you can reject him. Mm -hmm. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So my encouragement is is today, if that's you, repent and say, Lord, I'm yours from now on. If you're already his, but you haven't been uh, a faithful witness, be a dynamic witness to the world like Mm. the Gentiles. Don't be a dishonored washout. Don't be somebody who, who didn't get it their way. Be a devoted worshiper, a dynamic witness. Live under his word, grace, um, and go be a witness for him. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. When you talk about accepting and rejecting, I just picture that image of someday all of us standing before God, and we're either standing there under Jesus' record or we're standing before God under our own record. And I know I, I could never stand <laughs> in my own record. doesn't matter. If if I started now, trying to do all the great things I could do, it it wouldn't make a bit of difference. So his record or our record, dying with our sins on ourselves or on Jesus. Yeah. Hey, tomorrow, James Katina of the music group at Katina's. If you hadn't heard him, go to uh, Apple Music or just Google Katina's music and listen. It's really good. And Steve Farrar on Friday, a replay. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. This has been David Gray filling in for Taylor Johnson. Taylor will be back, uh, I guess, on Monday. And um, we encourage you to listen next week as we continue Doug's study in Acts. Thanks for joining us. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual